You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 353 of Podcateers. This is part four of our dive into the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. We're in the home stretch. Next week, we'll be finishing off this series, but in this episode, we'll be talking about the one and only Dr. Albert Falls, the real world inspiration for the name, his niece Alberta, and how their stories fit into the story of the SCA. If you have any thoughts that you'd like to share about the episode, we'd love for you to join the conversation over on Discord. You can check out the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 353 for an invite link. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just search for Podcateers. Teamboat Willie will be participating in the first ever virtual chalk walk to raise money for the Children's Hospital of Orange County. Auction items will be going up the week of March 29th, 2021 on our Instagram account. So make sure that you're following us if you'd like to help us out. If you're not following us, this would be a great time to start. You can go directly to our Chalk Walk page at chalkwalk.org slash teamboatwilly to make a donation or to join our team. If you want more info about the team in general, this event, or others that we'll be participating in or have participated in already, you can visit us over at teamboatwilly.com. It's super easy to remember because it's just like Steamboat Willy, but without the S. Before we get this episode started, we'd like to take a moment to thank a very special group of people known as the FGP Squad, aka our podcast, Fairy Godparents, because it's their monthly support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. Being part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like exclusive discounts for Podcateers gear, additional content, and access to our monthly happy hour calls. If you like our podcast and you would like to help us grow and you would like more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the members of the FGP Squad for their continued support. All right, remember, next week we wrap up this series, but right now, it's time for part four. We hope that you've been enjoying the series so far. We appreciate you taking the time to listen and to hang with us. Here is episode 353 of Podcateers. just not nice <laughs> yeah there I you know, go <laughs> and but that was the thing right that as soon as they caught wind of that it, it was in 1929 that lord henry mystic ends up kicking him out of the sea you know mm-hmm. and then because of what indiana jones says he's trying to revoke membership to all the other organizations that you were talking about that he was a part of so then 1932 rolls around and he's a fugitive right he's on the run Mm -hmm. like authorities are on his trail and that's where this attraction uh the curse of the emerald trinity actually comes in because as part of that story while he's on the run uh he steals a boat from the jungle navigation company while searching for the emerald trinity which are just these three enchanted emeralds that grant someone immortality. And as he's looking for them, he finds the two that he needs, because I think he had one already. 
he finds the ones that he needs. And then his quest comes to an end when he meets his doom administered by cursed vines that were protecting the emeralds. Are they cousins of the the wreath in the haunted mansion? I don't know. Maybe. But they're both scary. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be eaten by a plant. No. You know? But he was. <laughs> then he died and he was never seen again. Ouch. Well, I mean, since we're technically in the jungle now, uh, I think this is a really great time to mention another huge milestone in the story of the SEA. Because uh, if we shift back into our real world timeline, uh, mm-hmm. 2015, you know, like I said earlier, was this huge year for the SEA because it also marked the opening of the Jungle Navigation Company Limited Skipper Canteen, uh, which is a restaurant in Adventureland at Magic Kingdom, commonly just referred to as the Skipper Canteen, uh, which on a daily basis offers world famous jungle cuisine, don't you know? Mm-hmm. All sorts of stuff from the jungle which I, I, I'm assuming is delicious. I've never eaten there before. It is one of the things that I would love to do once I get to visit Disney World. But uh, yeah, uh, so I'll go back to the Skipper Canteen in just a moment. But before we get into it, it it's important to know who's responsible f- like for this location because before it was known as the official headquarters of the jungle navigation company or before it was even a restaurant it was the quaint colonial jungle mansion of the falls family uh their most famous member of course was dr albert falls dr albert falls was a well-known explorer and scientist that had this uncanny ability to navigate the rivers of the world. And, of course, he was also known for a sense of humor. He he was kind of like the Jock Lindsay of the water. You know, like the same way that Jock Lindsay mm-hmm. was like ace of the skies. Right. Albert Falls was like that to the rivers, basically. That was his element. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and all of his expeditions would earn him... Uh, a membership in the SCA sometime before 1880. Uh, And somewhere along the way, uh, he would fall in love with a fellow adventurer by the name of Victoria Marie. And together they would go on to have a son named Albert, just like his papa, Albert Jr. Uh, In June of 1888, uh, while exploring the lost Delta of Cambodia, Dr. Falls discovered a sunken Cambodian temple, which would later be known to some skippers as the Shirley Temple. <laughs> Shirley Temple. <laughs> I get it. Like the actress. Uh-huh. Little girl thing. Yeah. Her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, no, it's a cute, ador- it's adorable. It is. I, I thought that was cute. So I thought it was cute too, but I never understood like what the connection was because... Everything seems to have this, like, kitschy connection to an animal or something of the jungle or a talisman or an idol. It's like, surely, like, I get it. It's a (laughs) temple. But what is Shirley Temple? Is it just the last name? Is that it? It's got to be. It's puns. (laughs) It is a pun. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, it is 
what the Jungle Cruise is known for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was known. <laughs> it was known as the Shirley Temple. Um, but, uh, it's not actually the last time that we get a chance to hear about these specific temples, though, because, uh, in 1937, uh, according to the SCA timeline, Indiana Jones would actually travel to these exact same ruins in search of something called the Temple of the Forbidden Eye, which some of you may know, uh, he successfully went on to excavate and find said Forbidden Eye. So I thought that was a pretty cool tie-in. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's just um, just having the temple be like part of it. That's that's giving us indie love. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I just <laughs> love how it just keeps wrapping back and forth to all of these other members and how because Indiana Jones actually gets tied in again later and uh-huh. anyway, I'll keep going with the story. So, uh, let's see. Uh, it was nineteen thirty-seven. We're uh, it was 88, 1888 when he was on the Delta. Then August of 1891, while he was exploring the Nile River, uh, Dr. Falls made his most famous discovery. That's right. The eighth wonder of the natural world, the backside of water. Yay! Let's give it a hand. Woo! That's right. That waterfall would be known as Schweitzer Falls. Now, like on the real, Schweitzer Falls was actually named uh, after like a real life person. His name was Dr. Ludwig Philipp Albert Schweitzer or Dr. Ah. Albert Schweitzer, like which is how he was known. And he was a physician, a theologist, a priest uh, who became a missionary in Central Africa. And then he went on to fight for the rights of oppressed African people that were under European rule. And he even went on to win a Nobel Peace Prize in 1952 for his philosophy uh, called The Reverence of Life, where he had talked about how all organisms have this shared experience of fighting for survival and that at its mm-hmm. core uh, there's this universal form of ethics that should apply to everyone and everything that fits that criteria so people animals you know everything right mm-hmm. he was actually even portrayed as a character in the tv series the young indiana jones chronicles back in the early 90s ah yeah I seriously just learned something new. Yeah, it was pretty cool when I was <laughs> reading the article and when I was reading some information um, about that philosophy of his. Uh, I didn't get to read the whole thing. I want to go back and read it because just from what I captured, uh, I can understand, you know, why he was, you know, well revered. Like he's he's a really interesting guy. But uh, anyway, so but as far as the Jungle Cruise attraction is concerned. The original script of the attraction would reference uh, passing Schweitzer Falls, named after Dr. Albert Schweitzer, who has done so much for the people of Africa. So 
uh, that's kind of like when the attraction was a little bit more serious, right? When they first opened up. And if you remember when we talked about the Jungle Cruise, it was Walt's attempt at kind of connecting it with, you know, these real life adventures that he was doing. So it was right. originally meant to be a little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. As it began to lean a little more, you know, to the comedic side, uh, one of the skippers cracked this joke about it being uh, named after Dr. Falls. And that joke kind of just lived on as part of the attraction for years until it was made canon the year that the Skipper Canteen opened. And also, you know um, uh, how we were talking about how some of the characters were based on like real world people like Harrison Hightower is Joe Rohde, Barnabas T. Bullion is Tony Baxter. Uh, Mm -hmm. Dr. Albert Falls, if you look at his portrait, he bears a slight resemblance to the real world Dr. Schweitzer. So he may not be. Yeah, I mean, he may not be a Disney Imagineer, but it's kind of cool that they still kind of honored him, you know, on the attraction that way. I'm not going to say that he's directly, you know, him the way that the other characters are, but he they bear a very close resemblance to each other. Anyway, back to Dr. Falls. Oh, actually, before we do, and before I get too far into this, I do want to take a quick moment to remind you that this episode of Podcateers has been made possible by the generosity of the FGP squad, a.k.a. our podcast fairy godparents, through their monthly support via Patreon. Being a part of the FGP squad family gets you some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content, access to our monthly happy hour calls, which, by the way, the last call that we had, another super fun night. Like I, yeah. I, It's one of the things I look forward to the most whenever we have these calls, just hanging out, playing games. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, And if you've been enjoying this or any other episode of our podcast and you would like more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash FGP. And of course, to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for their continued support. Uh, Okay, where were we? Yes, uh, 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 Dr. Falls. So uh, 1903. Uh, In 1903... Dr. Falls goes on an excursion of the Mbay River, which is commemorated by a paddle at Disneyland, which I'll get into that soon. Uh, And in 1911, he went on to form the Jungle Navigation Company with the help of four other families, the Cruz family, the Lions, the Denial, and the Temple family. And uh, he wanted to set up this shipping company because he felt that as he brought back artifacts and some of his friends needed transportation for these artifacts, the cargo was too precious to just kind of leave it in the hands of anybody else. So he wanted Mm -hmm. to handle this himself, you know, and he wanted to be able to handle it for his fellow explorers. And that was where the Jungle Navigation Company came from. He even had this hidden meeting room in his library where he would entertain other members of the SEA. And to this day, the shelves remain full of books, including some written by Dr. Falls. And it's believed that a book sticking slightly off the shelf was a way that the SEA members gained access to this meeting room. Ah. And I'm not going to mention which book it is, but... 
I can tell you that sometimes you just have to look for the bare necessities to let you in. I mean, you could <laughs> just be looking around at the books and think, wow, Dr. Falls, I want to be like you. I mean, who knows? Right. Just a little hint. Yeah. Just about the jungle. Yeah. I mean, a little something, something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I'm not going to tell you which book it is. Nope. <laughs> so anyway, the years passed, right? And Albert Jr. Uh, and his wife, Sne, had a little girl named Alberta. And the three of them traveled around the world. You know, they went all sorts of different places. And when uh, Alberta was eight years old, her parents were planning to go on a lecture circuit. And they didn't want to take her with them because they knew how grueling it was going to be. So instead, they sent her to live with her grandparents. And the skippers that worked for her grandfather kind of became like a second family to her. You know, she would not only spend most of the day with them, she would also go on tons of adventures with them. You know, on one trip, she went to New Zealand and she picked up a pet, you know, a flightless bird called a kakapo, you know, which is referred to as some as an owl parrot. It's kind of cute looking. It's like this weird mixture of a parrot and Hedwig. I kind of want oh, one. Nice. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> want one. Like, no joke. Um she even had the opportunity to go on a trip with her grandfather to visit Lord Henry Mystic and Albert at Mystic Point. Ooh. I know. I know. Right? Imagine like, oh, you know him? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I know him. Let me take you to his place. What? Come mm -hmm. on. Cool grandpa. Connections. Right? Cool grandpa. <laughs> uh, however, disaster kind of hit, you know, sometime around 1927, 1928. Because Dr. Albert Falls just kind of mysteriously disappeared. You know, mm -hmm. nobody really knows what happened to him. Everybody was kind of freaking out. And instead of allowing the Jungle Navigation Company to kind of fall apart and cease to exist, Alberta took over. You know, she became the new owner and the president of this company. And, you know, as she kind of had to go through the daily motions of running this business, she realized that it wasn't doing very well. You know, she inherited this company from her grandfather during the Great Depression. And, I mean, things were tough, not just for her. They were tough for everyone. Uh, so now she was not only the owner of this struggling company, but she also served as the manager, the bookkeeper, the head mechanic. I mean, she's a total boss, right? Oh, like, yes. In in every sense of the word, right? Mm hmm So several years go by. And, like, she knew that she had to make some kind of drastic change to keep things afloat. And so she turns to her second family, right? All of the skippers, all these people that mm -hmm. she grew up with and that she knew the company was going to be... Uh, that was going to affect, you know, she turns to them and says, what do we do? And so the skippers suggest moving the company from being this cargo-based shipping model to a tourist-based attraction type model where they take tourists out onto the river and they kind of show them all these cool things that they see while they're just doing their daily job, right? right. She loves the idea, jumps on board and on October 1st, 1931, the very first Jungle Cruise set sail. 
the business saved. She was a hero. Now, as a matter of fact, she was so successful that in 1937, the Adventureland Chamber of Commerce named her Businesswoman of the Year. And in 1938, she turned her home, which was also the headquarters of the Jungle Navigation Company, into a whole new business venture offering food and drinks for fellow travelers when she opened the Jungle Navigation Company Limited Skipper Canteen. Again, that's a mouthful. They just called it the Skipper Canteen. (laughs) And to this day, a message from her hangs in the real Skipper Canteen, which reads, Welcome to the Jungle Skipper Canteen. See, even she calls it that. She doesn't give it the whole name. My name is Alberta, (laughs) and I'll be your owner, manager, bookkeeper, interior decorator, and sous chef for the next three courses, or as far as you get. My grandfather, Dr. Albert Falls, established a jungle navigation company in 1911. His goal was to improve the way in which cargo moved up and down the jungle rivers for his fellow explorers and adventurers. When I was eight years old, my parents sent me here to live in the jungle with my grandfather and the jungle boat skippers. I call the jungle my home, and the crew members are my family. That's why I turned to them when business began to decline after I inherited the company. Fewer and fewer full-fledged expeditions were seen in the jungle, and Adventureland became more of a destination for greenhorn globetrotters. Simply put, our cargo shipping business was dry docked. Then one of the skippers came to me with an idea. He suggested that we use our vessels to offer guided tours to our visitors. The rest is history. We have been offering jungle cruises for several years now, and business has never been better. We've been so successful that I decided to open up our home offices to hungry travelers. The cruise mess hall, our old family room, and even grandfather's old secret meeting room are now open to our diners. We enjoy having you and hope you enjoy being had. Please relax and enjoy your meal, then get out. Yours truly, (laughs) Alberta Falls. P.S. I'm sorry, that was rude. Please get out. (laughs) (laughs) That is perfect. I love it. It is perfect. I love it. I love that please get out part the most. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I remember reading that thing and I laughed for like a good 10, 15 minutes straight (laughs) because I was like, oh, like in my head, I was like trying to hear her read it to me. And then when I got Mm -hmm. to that part... I remember reading the, please relax and enjoy your meal, then get out. I was like, oh, that was pretty blunt. Yours truly, Albert Falls. Oh, I'm sorry. That was rude. Please get out. I was like, oh, she meant it. Oh, I love yes. it. Yes. <laughs> it In was true fantastic. jungle cruise fashion, she was giving us that. And it's awesome. Yeah. It, it totally <laughs> brings back everything that the skippers give you, you know, of themselves when you're on these cruises. So mm-hmm. well done. I love it. So anyway, so Alberta's success continued, right? And Uh later that year, she arranged to have this VIP tour around the river on board or aboard the Quango Kate, 
which we've talked about in other episodes before, uh, for some Mm -hmm. friends and family, which happened to include another SCA member, an entomologist by the name of Dr. Khan Konosuke. The only problem was that the skipper that day was this dude named Felix Peckman Thirteenth, And as his name might suggest, he wasn't the most fortunate person. And I'm not just talking about how people tend to connect the number 13 with misfortune. Uh His last name actually translates to bad luck in several languages. (laughs) So, I mean... There's a word. Wow. There's a word that I would want to use because they were. Hmm. But it's a legacy. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I mean, I he was the skipper and his misfortune kind of resulted in their riverboat crashing. And uh-huh. this boat was then taken over by chimpanzees and everyone's like marooned on, you know, on this island and they're all trying to find how to get back to, you know, the skipper canteen. And then a rhino starts chasing them. Like, who wants to be chased by an angry rhino? Nobody. No one. And then what do you do? (laughs) You climb up a tree to get away from the rhino, you know, Uh and hope that the damn rhino goes away. Yep. The only person that didn't make it up the tree, though, was Felix. Because somehow he found a way to escape. So for all the bad luck that happened somehow he was the only one that didn't get trapped there and every day skippers go out with other crews searching for him and these passengers but you know i've always wondered what happened to that crew i can't imagine being chased up a tree by a rhino i mean it's been so long that i can't imagine that they're still there so anyway you know (laughs) Some time passes, and uh, after all the failures and successes of her company, Alberta decided to take some time off. And so she decided to leave uh, the company to one of the four founding families that helped just start the the Jungle Navigation Company. Uh, Oh, actually, do you remember the Jungle Cruise board game that I got last year? I believe so, yes. Okay, so the Jungle Cruise board game ties into that part of the story. So the whole premise of the board game is that you're solving clues to figure out which one of the four families is going to run the Jungle Navigation Company when Alberta goes on vacation. Ah, all right. Yeah. So even the board game ties into this part of the story, which I thought was super cool. Totally cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I know how we've talked about how the stories of... Harrison Hightower III, Lord Henry Mystic, Barnabas T. Bullion. I mean, even Jock Lindsay, right, have these really great references to other characters and attractions and places in the parks. But like, I feel that the Skipper Canteen falls into this really special and magical place in the story of the SEA where it brings together like a lot of aspects and begins to connect more of what you kind of already know in really subtle ways. I imagine this is kind of what it's like walking around Fortress Explorations, but like Fortress Explorations in Tokyo, I feel is 
it's kind of like giving you the basics of what the SEA is, right? Like you're you're building that mm-hmm. foundation of these original characters. But the Skipper Canteen just has reference upon reference upon reference like everywhere that you turn, right? It's probably mm-hmm. like one of the most complete attractions, even though it's a restaurant, it's one of the most complete attractions when it comes to the story of the SEA. I mean, there's pictures of the Nautilus, which tie into 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. But then it also connects to Jason Chandler and Discovery Bay, you know. And even though there's a map that he drew with like these like flying creatures and, uh, you know, that was supposed to tie into Discovery Bay as well. Uh, But then uh, I don't know if you ever got a chance to do this, but back in in like 2014, uh, at Disneyland, there was this game that you could play in Adventureland called the Adventureland Trading Company, where they would give you this set of like a dozen tasks or something like that. And the goal was to solve these clues and you would collect jujus, you know, which were yes. these little like talismans that were like full mm-hmm. of energy and stuff like that. Did you ever get a chance to play that? I did. I remember doing that at the expo, too. I didn't get a chance to do either one of them. Oh, no. Yeah. I have like four jujus. What? Four or five. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh That's awesome. So, yeah. So, I never got a chance to play this game. But the more that I read about it, the more that I thought, man, something like this. I know that they have these types of games that you could play or maybe not anymore after the pandemic. But they had the games like that at Magic Kingdom. They've had them in Frontierland. They've had them for different types of events. But, uh like this particular one connected all of the attractions inside of Adventureland, right? Uh, Like each Mm -hmm. of the jujus represented each of the attractions. So there was a bird, an elephant, which in the story of Albert Falls uh, is said to become his at some point. Like he collected an elephant juju at some point. The eye of Mara was another one, Mm -hmm. a pineapple, a piranha, a snake, a skull, a tiki mask, and a tiny little Tarzan treehouse looking thing. Mm-hmm. And the the way that the Skipper Canteen connects to even this like role playing game that wasn't even fully a part of the SEA right. story or even Adventureland is that on the bookshelves of the Skipper Canteen are these books written by members of the Adventureland Trading Company. Nice. It's crazy. Uh, again, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I mean, again, it's so complete with these references that are, I mean, you really have to pay attention. Like you could spend so much time looking through all of the titles and making connections. There's a connection to Expedition Everest. There's a yeah. book called Expedition Everest, Search for the Yeti which was written by Harrison Hightower III. Remember we talked about that earlier? Yep. Um, Put it this way. This location is the hub Yeah. for everything, just everything. You're going to find all your connections, like, right there. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, you're you're only naming, like, 10, and there's... Oh, there's more. Can we say 100 pr- at least? There's, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's tons. <laughs> I mean, and that mm-hmm. just kind of covers a lot of what you kind of know at Walt Disney World, right? There's Mystic yeah. Manor that's represented, the Oceaneer Lab, and Misadventure Falls, mm-hmm. which you're going to hear more about later in the story. Pirates of the Caribbean are referenced. 
Pleasure yeah. Island, which is where it all kind of started. Rocket to the mm-hmm. Moon. Like, when were you ever going to see a Rocket to the Moon reference? <laughs> okay. Star Wars, Tower of Terror, Toy Story. Like, there's a mm-hmm. freaking book by John Lasseter in there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's Tiki Room references, World of Motion. I mean, it's crazy how much. Like, you can spend hours and hours and hours, like, looking through all of this. It just spokes out to so many areas and corners of not just, like, Adventureland or Magic Kingdom, to every corner of the world. Okay? And as the story of the SEA gets expanded, I can only imagine how much more is going to be added. Before we continue our story, I do want to quickly jump in again, and I want to talk to you about Team Boat Willie. Team Boat Willie is the official charity team of the Podcateers podcast, and since we started, uh, we've raised thousands of dollars for different charities inside of the Southern California area, and we are back at it as we are trying to raise money to help the children of Chalk, the Children's Hospital of Orange County. Uh, If you want more information on how you can become part of our team and help us fundraise, or if you just want to make a donation, you can head over to TeamBoatWilly.com. Super easy to remember because it's just like Steamboat Willy, but without the S. And you can find more information about us, our team. There's a vlog from the last chalk walk that we did. And since we can't be in the park to do the chalk walk the way that we normally do it, this year... Chalk has gone virtual. We're doing the chalk walk. Uh, I was going to say from the comfort of our own chairs at home, but we're actually going to get up and walk. So I, I guess from the comfort of wherever we end up walking to to rack up the, the miles to make the equivalent of it. But yeah, it's going to be super fun. Uh, but the important thing is whether or not you decide to walk, it's raising as much money as we can to help the children of Chalk. Uh, as of the recording of this episode, we've already raised $300. I know that we talked about not having a goal in the last episode, but the page wants you to enter a goal. So I said, you know what? Let's do it. We entered a $1,000 goal. So we're going to do our best to try to get as close to that $1,000 as possible. Uh, we have some auctions that are finally ready to go. At the end of March, early April is when you're going to see those auctions go up. They will be handled through Instagram. So make sure that you're following us on our Instagram at Podcateers if you want more information. Team Boat Willie also has an Instagram if you want to follow us there so that you know what what charities we're currently raising money for. Uh, But we have the auctions that are coming up. And again, if you just want to make a donation or if you want to join the team and you want to help us raise money, please go to teamboatwilly.com or you can go directly to our Chalk Walk page, which is chalkwalk.org slash teamboatwilly. To the people that have already donated towards our goal, thank you so much. We truly appreciate it. And if you don't have the money to donate, the best way that you can help us out is by sharing our link. So make sure that you go to chalkwalk.org slash teamboatwilly. Share that with your friends, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you can. And uh, we've done a $1 challenge in the past where we challenge people to donate $1 and then try to get somebody else to donate a dollar. And the whole goal is if we can get a thousand people to donate just $1, that's a thousand dollars. 
And I know I waste a lot on coffee. And that's <laughs> way more dollars than just one. So anyway, again, that site is teamboatwilly.com. Super simple, just like Steamboat Willie, but without the S. Or you can go to our page, chalkwalk.org slash teamboatwilly. If you have any additional questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Send us a DM on Instagram or on Facebook. You can even join us on our new Discord server. If you go to podcateers.com, you'll find the link to our Discord server there. You can join us, ask us any questions. We'll be happy to help you out. So again, to everyone that's helped us out and everyone that's helping us spread the word, thank you so much. The children of Chalk appreciate it. Uh, Okay, back to the story. And as a matter of fact, I went and found a list of things that, of of like some of the most popular things that were referenced inside of the Skipper Canteen. Um, Mm -hmm. So aside from the ones that I mentioned already... They reference the Bengal barbecue, the extraterrestrial alien encounter, Fantasyland in numerous ways, the Haunted Mansion, the Indiana Jones Adventure Temple of the Forbidden Eye, Journey into Imagination is represented, the Kilimanjaro Safaris from Animal Kingdom are referenced, Main Street USA is freaking right. referenced. There's a freaking reference to Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a Marvel (laughs) connection, okay? Star-Lord apparently wrote a book, and it's on the shelf in the Skipper Canteen. One of the many books that we were, you know, just looking at, um, one particular character I did not ever think I would see in the SEA is Mr. Toad. That, to me, I was like, whoa, uh, yeah, he is adventurous but i would never put mr toad in that situation so i honestly thought that was an awesome find to see within the books and that's the thing right that Mm -hmm. it it speaks to the richness of how deep the imagineers wanted to go in the story that they were telling because like they they have mr toad and then there's um like cinderella yeah. Has a book in there. But I think they they do the what is it called? Like the Mystery Castle by mm-hmm. Cindyella or something like that is what yeah. the book is called. The the coolest part is that when you go back, I mean the deeper that you search, the more you find these obscure references. And some people may not understand, you know, where they come from, but there's books that pay tribute to the Sherman brothers, mm-hmm. right? It's like the the tiki one, the one with the crooning flowers, I think, is, is what the book is. Um, there's Professor Bogue, you know, talks about the songs of the tiki bird. That's Wally Bogue that they're talking uh, yeah. about. You know, there's references to Ward Kimball. There's a, a book called Meeting Royalty by Sklar, which references nice. Marty Sklar. Uh, Hamlet, A Lion's Tale. By Shakespeare, <laughs> which everyone knows that the Lion King is basically Hamlet, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. it's referenced there. It's kind of like, you know, the little a little joke, if you kind of know about it. Right. There's treehouse construction referencing the Swiss family Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the Ward Kimball books is A Journey into the Stars. You know, there's uh, man, there's so much. There is referenced and there's like a pink elephants book that references. Oh, I didn't Dumbo see that. <laughs> and yeah, it's I'm telling you, I 
I'm sure you mentioned earlier that there was like a hundred references possible. Oh, at least. The thing, but <laughs> I don't know. I like the more that I think about it, there's got to be at least a hundred books. Mm-hmm. Right. And the books aren't the only things that reference things like there's things on the wall. There's pictures. Yes. There's news articles, n- newspaper articles like everywhere. Right. There's mm-hmm. tickets and stuff from the things that they've collected from all over the world. I'm telling you, you could spend an entire day just looking at everything and trying to compile a list of every single reference that you find. Right. And each one of those references is just going to take you on, you know, this crazy magic carpet ride into a whole new world <laughs> of the SEA. Right. You know, that's a good pun. So I'm <laughs> thanks. So, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm in awe at how much they put into there. Like, you know, Claude Coates is reference for pirates and Blaine Gibson. It, it's a lot. That was awesome, yeah. too. Blaine Gibson, yeah. You know, I can see more of this just, like, passing on. And if you think about it, it kind of makes sense in the storyline, right? Because if right. Mystic Manor, super far away, Harrison Hightower, like, the Hotel Hightower at one point felt like it was the hub. But then when he went away, it just, you know, they preserved it, and then it just became what it was. And so mm-hmm. the only other place where SEA members look like they were always getting together was the library of Dr. Albert Falls. So like you said, it makes sense that it would kind of be considered the hub, you know, at least here in the U S you know, for the SEA. Well, I guess it's not really in the U S right. It's, it's in the Amazon jungle, but you know what I'm saying? That's true. And you know what I'm saying? But (laughs) two timelines, real life timeline here in the U (laughs) S right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, Oh, on top of that, oh, man, I didn't even talk about this. On top of that, you know how how uh, I talked about how there's this, like, unspoken relationship, which I still think they're brothers, between Harrison and George Hightower? hmm The story of Albert Falls might even connect him back to Melanie Ravenswood of Phantom Manor, all right? Apparently, if you pay attention to the portraits and the information around you, Melanie Ravenswood was dating. She wasn't married because I don't think any of them actually ever got married. I think they were dating and her dad was just super psycho and would take care of, you know, these people that she was dating. But anyway, one of the guys that she was dating happened to be the captain of the Mark Twain riverboat there in Thunder Mesa. And he was a gentleman by the name of Captain Rowan DeFalls. Rowan Falls, Captain Falls. <laughs> okay. How is he wow. related to Albert? I don't know. They could be brothers. They could be cousins. Could be. They could be uncles. I mean, we went through this with George and Harrison. We don't know what yeah, the relationship we did. <laughs> is exactly, but they could be connected. And if they are, it just enriches the story even further. Seriously. Right? <laughs> so, anyway, um, I know I've I've gone off on on crazy tangents, but uh, I know that this like section of of the story was primarily dedicated to Doctor Albert Falls. But Alberta's story is crucial, I think, to further developing the story of the SEA because 
she she establishes so much of what becomes of the Jungle Cruise attraction as we know it. And mm -hmm. in a sense, it not only sets up what we know and allows it to set up the Skipper Canteen and all that's, that, that backstory that's very rich, but I'm sure, or at least I'm really, really hoping, that it also sets up the Jungle Cruise film that's coming up. Yes. Right? Because... Mm -hmm. I know that the Jungle Cruise film is supposed to have some references to the attraction, but I just want it to be open for more, you know? Oh, definitely. I'm hoping that the ending, like now knowing what everything that's built and kind of seeing the success of what Marvel has been doing with the Infinity Saga into WandaVision, now into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki and everything that's going to keep going on with the MCU. If this SCA TV series that kind of spawned this conversation actually becomes a thing on Disney Plus, the Jungle Cruise movie with The Rock could be the gateway to that series. And then they could do exactly the same thing as doing like the future of Disney is in streaming. Okay, we've talked about <laughs> this is. over and over. If they do this right, each one of these people, that's an entire season of stories in themselves. All mm -hmm. right, there's the setup episodes, and then just like we're getting with WandaVision, where one eight part series is all about her and Vision, one is all about, you know, Bucky and Sam. Same thing with these characters. Give us these yeah. eight episode story arcs about each one of these members and any other members that are going to be coming up later. I think it would be more than a series because there's just so much information as, you know, we're talking about this. There's potential that it could be more than just eight for sure. Um, I would love to hear just a little bit more about these characters because, you know, it's kind of rough with the information we have. So... I think it'd be great. And I have three words. <laughs> Hopefully, in regards to the Jungle Cruise movie <laughs> and credit scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, we've that been spoiled. would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, we've been spoiled by Marvel movies with these mm -hmm. end credit scenes. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm really hoping that. The more and more that I think about it, I mean, I was excited to hear about it, but I knew that it was just a rumor. And the mm -hmm. more that I keep thinking about it and the more that I've learned and the more that we're going through this story, the more I want it to really just be true. The more yeah. I need this in my life. Well, you never know. I mean, if there is enough love and enough attention for it, you know, they may pick up on it. And hopefully... This does it because, hey, when we heard this was happening, what did we do? We started researching, right? And then we started falling in love with the story that connects all these uh, attractions that span all the way down to, you know, Tokyo. Yeah. So hopefully this starts a ripple. That's what I'm hoping, like a snowball effect. So we'll see. Yeah. But I would love to see it happen. It's one of the richest stories that they have, definitely. But... I love that they even tie it back into, you know, Pleasure Island and Adam Pleasure Merriweather. Mm -hmm. um, and they kind of, 
I mean, I know that they kind of made that part of the story a bit canon already, but kind of bringing him back in and alluding to him and adding an Easter egg inside of the Skipper Canteen really helps wrap it all back together. So uh, that's going to wrap it up, I think, for this episode. And next week, we conclude the series of the SEA. And we're going to be talking about Mary Oceaneer and the Oceaneer Labs and Misadventure Falls. We're going to talk about a couple of other locations that are referenced throughout the SEA. We're going to finally talk about the Tropical Hideaway, you know, which which we've been kind of building on and kind of talking <laughs> about. And uh, I remember when that opened. That was a special day. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that as well. And, uh, yeah, that's where we're going to leave the story for this week. So uh, is there anything that you want to add before we wrap up this episode, Mel? H2O. H2O. That's the – I had to. I had to. I had to. <laughs> I mean, Schweitzer Falls, the backside of water. That's there right. you go. <laughs> I love it. It's the eighth wonder of the natural world. What Ooh. more can you want? It's been a long time. We've gotten excited over that. So I know. I'm going to start watching YouTube videos just to get get a quick fix. Right. To hold me over <laughs> until I can go back again. Uh, okay. So that is going to wrap it up for this episode. So until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye.